0: But don't you just write DNA a hundred times? That's that Yeah, that's when I when I write up a report, it's
1: just DNA, <laughs> DNA, DNA, DNA. That's all. DNA, DNA. About. Yeah. Welcome to the seventy second episode of the Piggy Bastards podcast.
0: I can already hear you giggling. <laughs> you just sounded like the um the man off the fast show, just person. <laughs>
1: well, that's Fran rudely interrupting. Sorry. Um, so hi, Fran, and then hi. there's also Sam here as hi. usual. Hi. How how is it all? New years, new years, new start, new years resolutions. Yeah, or, already
2: already done with 2024. Like, yeah. let's move on already.
1: After yeah. this playlist, just this was enough music for you. Just
2: in general. Just in general. Okay. Starts the year. Okay. I know, positive. Yeah. Hi everyone. <laughs> that
1: can be our resolution. We're going to be more positive, more supportive,
0: more. Mm, let's see more what f- happens.
1: <laughs> Less whining. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll last about five minutes, if that.
0: Yeah. Like that.
1: Um, okay. Well, we're here to talk about some music. Um, we have, as always, four new releases, a uh, classic album, and a um introducing an artist that one of us really loves and as i'm hosting the artist i'm going to be introducing is going to be the maccabees that will be at the end we have the classic album which is between the buried and me with their album colors and then the new releases are sprints with letter to self bill ryder jones with lecky dar calio cheese with "Orgadias," and the vaccines with uh pickup full of pink carnations
2: i think
0: <laughs> pickup truck full of carnations i have Tr- okay, all the time truck. shit there's all the definitely a yeah.
2: truck i don't know no no maybe
1: there's a different American titles. and a and a yeah cuz truck that means something different
2: here i think
0: interesting I, who I'm, knows? I'm, I'm already fascinated pickup full yeah. of pink carnations why yeah. do i get truck from you've written truck
2: that's not right yeah
1: truck. who would have thought there's... the the English album name would be the one we struggled with.
0: I just, yeah, just didn't read it clearly, did I? Um, okay, let's move on. Okay, from
1: that. yeah. Um, and so um, to start off, um, we have some questions. Um, and I forgotten who I was going to ask this question to, but which album felt like a most like a January release? So well, that, whoever, that was, whoever
0: I said that, that was to. me, but I thought I was coming second. So anyway. <laughs> um okay so it's me so which ask the question again because i don't think you've even <laughs> said it properly
1: okay so first <laughs> questions for fran which album felt most like a january release
0: okay right well I, I think i'm probably coming at this question from a different angle than you wanted here and actually when you have just talked about this our re- resolution have been more positive i am doing it immediately with this question great Case, i think with the january angle you were probably thinking I'd probably talk about an album that felt a bit slow, a bit long, a bit intoler- intolerable. But for a couple of reasons, I've gone for Letter to Self by Sprints for this one. And it's definitely not slow, it's definitely not intolerable. Um part of the reason I went for this is because I actually think this January has been surprisingly exciting in terms of new releases. I've I've had about seven or eight albums come out that I really like. So um and Letter to Self is one of them. And I was also thinking about January releases from the past few years. And a lot of my album of the year contenders have been out in January. If we look at Billy No Mates, Anna B. Savage, Black Country New Road, The Twilight Sad, they were all January albums. So while January is generally a pretty shitty month, in recent years, it's produced a lot of exciting music. And if there was an album on this list that I would call exciting, it would be the Sprints album. I think it's full of power. I think it kicks off really well. I think it's engaging almost all the way through. And I think the singer's delivery just keeps me hooked throughout. Um, yeah, like I say, it kicks off really well. I think it's definitely at its strongest right at the start. I think "Ticking Heavy Cathedral" and "Adore Adore Adore" are the best songs, and they're all right at the start. Um, I particularly really love the slow build of "Cathedral." Um, I think her wail uh, when the song finally does break and release is is incredible. Um, yeah, the only song on the album I'm not really a fan of is literary mind. Um, as an English literature student, I kind of hate the conceit (laughs) of people (laughs) having a literary mind and a literary look like what, what is a literary look? Um, that just annoys me. Um, and I think it's the only part of the album where it feels a bit throwaway and it feels a bit lazy because the rest feels really tight and really, um, interesting. Um, I think the, the drumming's fantastic, um, I think the guitars, they're good both in the quiet and loud moments, and, and I think they're a really fun band as well, um, and also, yeah, just I doubt that it comes as any surprise at all that I like this album a lot, you probably both knew that, but um, but yeah, that is my most January album and my amazing positive start to the podcast, so
1: yeah. Positive, fantastic. What about you, Sam, what do you reckon of sprints?
2: Yeah. um, This is, it it is, it's an immediately punchy album. I think it is very immediate, but for me, it it took most of the month for this to kind of settle with me, I think. Um, I think it took quite a a couple of listens for it to really kind of me, me to look past that initial kind of like uh, energy that I was getting um, and I think the quality of the music is is really high on this, and I f- I f- it feels like exactly what you want from a debut album from from a from a band. Um, I feel like tracks like "Shaking Their Hands" and "Shadow of a Doubt." I, f- I feel like they're a band that has a very clear vision of what they are. Um, it's not like an entirely like unique sound like that no one else could possibly sound like, but it at least comes together in a way that feels like specific to them. Um, I, I can't pick out anyone who's like very much the exact same as them. Um, I, f- I found the lead singer really engaging as well. Um, I think the way that she kind of switches between these like, s- these like more singing moments and then the more like spoken cadence bits. Um, she kind of reminded me of like um, a lot of what Haley Williams does on a lot mm. of other Paramore stuff. Um and I feel like she was just really, really dynamic and really pulls you through the whole album. Um, I think it it could be a little one note at times. Um, I think for me, the opening run of songs is actually like, they just sort of merged into one for me a bit. Yeah. Um, kind of very similar structure-wise and like sort of start this way and then kind of go off on one and then it's very loud. And... <laughs> but I do think what it means is, is that they've really found and defined their sound on this album and I think as a debut album that's exactly what you want so this is a really like great introduction to a band I think um mm. and a, a band that I imagine is gonna have a hell of a year um
0: ahead of them yeah so, well good, good the yeah yeah they were playing at the white they're playing at the White hotel which is a small venue in Salford uh, in and I missed out on tickets and then immediately, like a week ago, they released a, a, a tour date at New Century Hall. Yeah. So they've obviously Big gone team. from like tiny to nice. to one of the bigger venues in Manchester within the space of a couple of weeks. Of this album coming out, so I think you're right there, so mm.
1: Cool. I yeah. am um, so glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think um, it's no surprise uh, to anyone. I I really liked it. Um, I I'm glad you picked it. Fran, I I was purposely ambiguous with the with the question, um, Mm -hmm. because you could take it multiple ways. And it it did feel like this kind of shook me awake from like that post, post New Year's malaise. Mm. Um, Because it it was just so vibrant and energetic. And it was the first album this year that kind of really caught my attention and uh, made me excited to listen to new music. Um, And I think specifically, it, it really throughout the time we listened to it it really grew on me like it, it did have that immediacy but it also just I was very excited to just keep putting on and every time I listen to it I I think the kind of the hallmark of a great album for me is the song that I'm excited to listen to and, bec- and the song that is my favorite changes mm. consistently And that is something that that, this album had. Like, currently, I'm really enjoying shaking their hands because it has, relative to a lot of the album, it has quite a lot of restraint within it. Mm. But it still has this kind of, it rolls along really uh, easily and then builds into, like, a massive, like, cathartic release. Um, And then, yeah, like, her delivery is great. I... I think similar to similar comparisons to Helly Williams, I was also thinking about Courtney Love and the way that she mm. has that kind of balance of being able to do that very poppy singing, singing, but then also more like dirty sleazy moments. And then also like the, yeah, the kind of quieter, quieter aspects to it. So I, 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 yeah, really, really enjoyed this album. I thought, I thought it was very diverse and interesting for a kind of post punk rock aesthetic release so yeah definitely a good start nice Um, start so for sam which album had the most um had you most excited for the sound of 2024
2: yeah so um to be honest when you asked this question i kind of wasn't sure if any of the albums for me on this playlist kind of i feel like will feel like the sound of this year or or kind of what what is going to happen but if there's any way that i'm going to feel this year i feel like it needs to be the way that the caliuchis album makes me feel um Mm -hmm. because i love this album and i think it is exciting front to back super interesting and just makes me feel good um it would be i think it's easy it would be easy to just place this alongside kind of other Latin or reggaeton records. But I think that misses just how kind of like forward thinking, exciting and varied the music is that on, on this record. And I love the way that she changes rhythm on every, every sort of genre she touches. She just manages to completely subvert the expectation halfway through a song or seconds into a song. Um, I think the strongest example of that is uh, Muniquita, um, that just transforms every few seconds i think i feel like there's like another guest will appear and then then it'll the track will just completely change and then there's something else but it's just so infectious um that just expands like at every moment i, I like that she sort of brings other people into the world of the album like i feel like the the guests are joining in with it um i feel like carol g and Peso pluma have really strong moments where they come in um, as like really big, big names as well. But I feel like they're adding to the album rather than just pushing their own bit into it. Um, I'm, the the song with Pezzo Pluma, um, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. <laughs> um, that song is so dreamy. I really love that one. Um, and I, I feel like I like the way that uh, Kelly uses like R&B and pop as like a central point from an album that pulls from so much, other like Latin music, it that it made it makes it feel like otherworldly, like it's its own genre. I've, I really like the the guitar parts. There's almost like an alternative guitar on um, Pensamientos. Intrusiveos. Tru, I uh, I shouldn't have <laughs> attempted it. And I feel like that song works really well alongside her like ethereal vocals. And then there's other bits that are just really smooth R and B. Um, yeah, I. I, I, I love this album. Um, I feel like, like that the, the salsa closer that's just utterly un- unhinged. I just, I just love it, but it's also so stacked with like emotion and soulfulness. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a really, really good album. Um, yeah. And I
0: feel like positivity everywhere. Positivity, positivity. so far. Okay.
1: Well, I <laughs> want to jump in and ruin it by yes. saying I thought this was really dull. Um, I don't know, I've listened to pretty much all of her al- I like I, I remember like her first release uh, in mm. like, 2018 or something being like top of a ton of lists so I gave it a listen and I really really liked it. And I thought it was this very cool like hazy funky R&B. And it was very effective and very tight album. Um and then every album I've listened to of hers since it just feels like it's either missing like a killer track or it's just not very cohesive and i think this this album in particular it's kind of a little bit of both like i i had like one track i really enjoyed on this album um but broadly i just found it very like like it didn't fit together very well and i know i know it is a tight like a tight rope to walk to be able to kind of create something that's diverse, interesting, and like pushing boundaries, which she's clearly trying to do. But it just didn't quite click for me. I think the maybe the clearest example is like, you have that really bombastic and dramatic um, song. Um, to matter, I think it is, yeah. which has a very like traditional sound. And then directly after that, it shifts to this super low tempo, relatively quiet R&B number, which is like super synth driven, um, per dis day. And it just, it's such a shift that I'm just, I get lost very quickly within the album. and um, it feels like a, maybe with more time, it might grow on me, but I felt like that with her previous albums and it hasn't got there for me. So I'm just, maybe she is just not clicking for me and, I'm not t- entirely sure why. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What do you reckon, Fran?
0: Um, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll start with what is undoubtedly a really, really lazy piece of music criticism, but please keep in mind, I don't listen to very much Latin music or that much pop music. So I, I, the closest comparison I've got is the Rosalia album that we covered. Yeah, that's a fine Sam comparison
2: to make. Don't, don't I was gonna bad. say,
0: I don't know if that is a good comparison or not. It, but if you are back it is, up, I'm fine. Yeah. It definitely. It definitely left me with a lot of the same feelings in that I found it really hard to get close to this. Um, I just couldn't, couldn't get any buy-in. I struggled with the switching up of styles, um, given that I never really enjoyed any of the styles she was switching between. Um, and I found it really hard to keep going back to it. I just, I just couldn't get a connection. Um, there were bits I found quite annoying, but, but that said it didn't grate on me as much as the Rosalia album did. Um, And I think when I thought about it, I think that's because it doesn't feel as adventurous or it doesn't take as many risks as Rosalia did. And, and while I didn't enjoy the Rosalia, she was clearly taking a lot of risks and trying something really original. It's just that the risks mostly were like nails on a chalkboard to me. Um, So I guess in summary, my feelings of this album is that it's like a boring version of an album I didn't like. And that's all I really <laughs> have to say. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, not a lot that I that's, can really get out of that one. That's
1: like two offences instead yeah. of just one. Apologies. It's pretty, pretty damning. Okay, well, the positivity didn't last. We, we lasted longer than we thought. It didn't, but, um, it didn't last long. No. Can we find any now? I was going to say, Fran, you are our resident folk expert, probably. Oh <laughs> do you yeah, want to, Do um, you want to tell us do you want to talk about Lekki Dar? Or do you want to yeah, talk about something else?
0: I can talk about Lecky Dar if you want. Um yeah, so this was the album on this list that I found it hardest to come to a conclusion on, really. Um because like you just said, um there's a lot here that I imagine feels like my type of music to you guys, and there is a lot on the surface of it that I do enjoy. I think they're pretty songs. I think they've got a fair bit of variation in them. He, you know, I don't mind his voice. And I think that lyrically he's quite basic, but he does tell a story and sometimes the songs feel quite raw. And I don't think they're uninteresting musically. You know, he uses different instrumentation across the album and he keeps it fresh. And there's a couple of songs, um, particularly I know that it's like this baby and I hold something in my hand that I, I genuinely do really like. And I think he's at his best when he does have some kind of sort of catchy, more poppy chorus. Um, but yeah, but despite being able to see all those positives in it, and, and when I first heard it, I thought it would really grow on me. I, I didn't ever really get there with it in any meaningful way. Um, I don't hate it. and When it was on in the background, I was quite happy to listen to it. But it just doesn't really grab me or get me in any emotional way. Um, so I think in the end, it just feels a bit, Boring, really. Um, I think there's a chance as well that if this was, and I might be giving away a, a little bit here, but if this was on another playlist where there were more albums that I liked, I might have dismissed this album much earlier. But it was one of the only listenable albums for me on this playlist. So it got a few points for that. But generally, I, I definitely I don't think I'll return to it. I think it's really unlikely that I'll listen to it again. So, not a huge fan, really.
1: Fair enough, to be honest. What, what about you, Sam? What do you reckon?
2: Um, I mean, the first thing is this is the first album we've ever covered that mentions the hospital that I was born in. Um, oh, so that's a, that pretty cool. Which I only heard that lyric like the other day, and I was like, did he just say Arrow Park? And then I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that, that does make sense. Like, he is from the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. that didn't give it many points though um it stands out (laughs) on the playlist i think i agree with you in a sense that i feel like but more that it's probably like the most chill moment that Mm. everything else was kind of a lot um and i i felt a lot of similarities between this and the green chan album that we did last year um Mm. although for me i just feel like this just doesn't connect in the same way that that did Mm. um I think it works best when it's very close and small, and his vocals are so delicate and work best when that when the surrounding music is also delicate. Um, so I felt like the songs that kind of really pushed it and made it very grand. I think like "We Don't Need Them" or "How Beautiful I Am." We get like, this like children's choir, and it just mm. feels just so overblown and also kind of twee, and um, it feels very uh it it was as if it was meant to be like poignant and then it just pulls me out of the mood instantly um so it kind of ruined my time with it I think like there was too many moments like that that just didn't seem to fit the mood that we were going for elsewhere um but yeah it it was it was listenable and fine um I just it, it wasn't really a standout um and I feel like this is the sort of record where it, it really should be it really should feel like like a moment in time mm. um just didn't
0: i think twee is a really good word for it i think that's kind mm. of well, i've been trying to pick up why i couldn't quite get there with it and i think it is quite twee and that may be the problem yeah,
1: yeah. that's fair that's fair. Matt loved it what well, i initially thought this was going to be so dull but yeah. it, for me it actually really grew on me over okay. the few weeks um I would use the word quaint instead of twee (laughs) I thought it was very quaint um and also like it was very pretty as well and like it it felt warm in its tone like there's obviously like some I don't I wasn't paying too much attention to the lyrics because I never do but there's some clear like anguish and sadness um but it didn't feel like despair despite that Mm -hmm. um it felt almost optimistic or at least nonchalant about it almost thinking about the way the tone is for artists like the the eels um there's often often an air of not nonchalance around around uh the subject even if it is something that's quite sad
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it seemed to kind of contain that um uh, but i think yeah like I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old and soft, but I actually <laughs> like the really cheesy cheesy moments. I, I did when the children's choir come in and with those the like the processional drums on We Don't Need Them. Um I I I thought it was great. I really enjoyed that. Um so I d I don't know. I think the, no, big, the biggest the biggest issue I don't know. I think the <laughs> biggest issue this album has is it's it's like way too fucking long. It's mm. It 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 does drag pretty bad, and I think if he was just a bit more um, precise and cut maybe three songs and got it down to thirty five forty minutes instead of fifty minutes, it would make a massive difference. Um, but I think broadly, it's the most I've liked a folk album in a while, so uh, pretty good going. Wow.
0: Okay, that is quite. I feel sad for you. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right so do you want to pick to pick a pick one of the remaining lists?
2: Let's just let's get the vaccines out of the way um, at yeah. this point. I feel like we need to do that. Uh Go for pick, it. pick up full of pink carnations. Pick up truck. <laughs> Important essentials truck. Um this is like the most consistently fine album on the playlist. Uh, like I actually don't think there's anything like genuinely bad on this album, but there also just doesn't feel like much point to it or at all either, which honestly feels worse. Um, it's so straight down the line aimed at like noughties indie nostalgia, and it just doesn't serve any purpose in 2024 mm-hmm. at all. I, I'd pick this because the last album, I listened to the last album and they'd kind of, gone down a more pop orientated sound and kind of not it it was at least a little bit more experimental and whether or not that was going to be a good direction or not I was interested to see what they would do and this just feels like let's make the safest album possible (laughs) for for no for for who who is this for (laughs) um instead there's tracks like like heart heartbreak kid and sunkissed Love to walk away. They just sort of exist, um, and they're perfectly fun and easy to listen to. And I, like, I, I, I don't, I don't hate listening to them. I just, they just don't really give you much back. They, they just feel like they just exist. It's, it's, it just feels like they, the the band that doesn't really have much to say anymore. The lyrics are just so banal and nothingness. Um, musically, there's a few interesting things that they do occasionally, but. Uh, and they, they sound fine together. They, they the music they're playing together is fine, but it's just a bit of a nothingness, um, which always feels worse than a, an album that's genuinely a bit shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, not a huge fan.
0: What um, do you want me? I don't know. Do you want me to jump in, Matt, or do you want
2: to go? I was
1: going to say I jump in I I thought this was fine it, like like, like it's a vaccines album it sounds like all the other vaccine albums that I've listened to I haven't listened to the last one and um, they pretty much stayed the course on what they were doing it's broadly I think broadly enjoyable like not not particularly offensive everything about them sounds the same feels like the production sounds the same his voice has maybe got a little bit older but really not much has changed um I listen to, I put on like their list on Spotify of this is the vaccines. And I I just can't tell the difference between albums. (laughs) They all just sound like they could be one from one album to me. Um, Like it is still like that kind of catchy indie garage rock. And I think really you say, who is this album for? I think it's for people who aren't weird fucking music nerds like us <laughs> it's the people who don't I'll obsess over stuff and are still into like lad rock from the noughties um because it is that vibe and i bet they'll sell a bunch of tickets for shows and a bunch of 30 to 40 year old men will turn up and get drunk with their buddies and have a great time and good for them but yeah i'm not gonna listen to this again but it, it wasn't bad
0: so yeah you two have been far too kind um <laughs> no i've never listened to the vaccines before really despite them having been around forever and and somehow seeming to be popular um, i always assumed i would heavily dislike them and I look I'm, I'm guessing from what you said and i was guessing previous to listening to you that this isn't going to be considered as their best album by anyone but it does leave me wondering how anyone has ever liked them. Um, it's vapid, it's emotionless, the tunes are dull, the singing sucks, the lyrics say nothing. Sam's right about that. For me, it felt like a 10-year-old trying to write like Springsteen. Um, mostly, they're just they're just so forgettable and clichéd. I think there's a run of songs in the middle um, from Discount de Kooning, whatever that means, Primitive Man and Sunkissed, which, which more than anything reminds me of... Robbie Williams when he was at the absolute doldrums of his life and career when he was just stuffed full of cocaine. And Matt will happily tell you I was a big Robbie fan as a kid. He's he's seen photographic (laughs) evidence of that, but, um, I, I watched, so I happily watched the documentary about Robbie recently and the three songs I just mentioned reminded me of the songs that embarrassed Robbie when he was talking about them on that documentary. I mean, I mean, there's, how can anyone listen to lyrics like act like I remind me of the winter, damn it, you're so cold. <laughs> or, we were so in love, we booked into the Hilton, grew my beard to look like Dennis Wilson. I mean, maybe someone's going to get some enjoyment out of that. But for me, this was, this was a massive miss. Um, it, it definitely confirmed my preconceptions, preconceptions that this is a shit, shit, shit band. And I hated it, strongly.
2: I got enjoyment from you reading those lyrics out, so that yeah. was good. Part of partly yes.
0: enjoyable. Yeah, terrible lyrics. <laughs> terrible, band, <laughs> think, terrible album.
1: I think all the criticisms you you threw are basically just that is the vaccines. Um, yeah, but did they always sound they, like Robbie Williams? Uh like that kind of. I, I don't. Yeah, I I get where you're going with, and yeah, they are that vibe. They're just okay.
0: like I just presumed they were like you alive. have a pint of and. And have fun. Like a loud band, I thought. Like maybe I'd mixed, like got the mixed up with like the Hives and people like that who shouted a lot. I thought would no. that kind of band. No, I thought, no. Well, the shit. know very. Hives just, are shit as well. Yeah. All of those bands are shit.
1: <laughs> wow, Hives aren't shit. Their last <laughs> album last year was very fun.
0: No, but positivity went that.
2: out the window. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I can. As it's uh my fault, this album i i I can get us started, and I'm going to bring the positivity because um we're going to talk about between the buried me and the album Colors, which is the classic from two thousand and seven and it's a metal album, and it's a genre I don't listen to regularly but i'm I listen to a lot of music around it, and so I'm always curious and have wanted to dig more into metal as a genre more mm. um and so there were there are a lot of aspects of this album that I did like, but it was. A hard lesson because there is a lot of aspects of it which are tough. Um, I think I, I liked how relentless the album was as a whole. Um, most songs are like seven to twelve minutes, which <laughs> gives it the opportunity to shift and warp. And every song song does feel like it's constantly changing into something. Um, in the final quarter of the song decade of statues there's kind of this wall of noise which gives way to the kind of quirky jazzy guitars and there's kind of an intricate give and take there before this kind of wall of noise comes back and i think that idea of this interchange fits well throughout the album and despite it feeling like a big just angry release (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it also feels incredibly like precise the whole way through and very purposeful. Um and like I think some of that maybe is exemplified by the fact that the transitions between the songs are not really fully delineated. It's like the whole album is a whole piece. Um it's a collection the it's not a collection of songs, it's more like a a single piece of work with some <laughs> punctuating points. Um, but it does have some parts which just, oh, it feels like filler. Um, I think the song Informal Gluttony has some of the best and worst of it. There's just a lot of it is just thrashing and playing the drums as humanly, as fast as humanly yeah. possible, <laughs> which doesn't feel like it's contributing anything. But then it, it manages to give way to like a really atmospheric and catchy chorus but then it gives up that aspect of the song and then goes back to just showing off essentially and so that's where i think it it falls down is it sometimes they just want to show off how fast they can play the instruments or how well they can play the instruments and how much noise they can make all at the same time <laughs> and, and that aspect of it i yeah it's just too much and so this it, it feels yeah I enjoy, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it but I I got a lot from this um but I can <laughs> clearly tell that <laughs> I got the most out of everyone
0: else Well, I, I'll, I'll, so I'm, I'm curious I'll jump in I just want to commend you Matt for, for having that much to say about this album yeah um because confession time for me this is definitely the least I've ever listened to an album on the picky, on a picky Basses playlist. I just couldn't listen to it. Um, you talked about the jazzy guitars there. I mean, I, I kind of found it a bit like, you know, the 10 minute guitar solos that Pink Floyd do that I hate, but then a screaming man that I hate would turn up and scream at the end of it. Um, so I think I maybe I think I listened to the whole album twice. And then every time I tried again, I just had to turn it off. Um, so you can probably tell it wasn't for me and i don't think it's really particularly fair for me to give much more of a review than that because i couldn't listen to it um it's very much a genre and a style thing for me you know that that it's not my type of music this might be the best prog metal album ever made but i don't think i'd be able to tell the difference between the best prog metal album ever made and the worst prog metal album ever made 'Cause I think it'd all sound like a screamy man and some pink floyd guitars. So yeah, just yeah, it's, we've had a pretty good run of classics for quite a long time. So it's it's good to just have a really shit classic again, just to reaffirm what we used to be about. But yeah, I won't hear this again. Yeah. Um Okay. Yeah, no, get a clean slate.
1: Yeah. Uh... Try again. Try <laughs> again <laughs> next <laughs> time. <Yeah. laughs>
2: so well done, mate. What about Sam? Um you you do hate us, don't you, Matt? Like you, <laughs> I don't know what we did to you, but uh, you keep picking things like this. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to try and like not sound like a broken record. Cause I feel like I could easily do that here um, by being positive. I'm going to be positive. Okay. Mm. I actually think music musically, this is probably the most varied sounding album. Like maybe, maybe outside of the sprints one. And, but it's, it's pretty varied, um, and the instruments are loud, but there's influences <laughs> from all sorts of genres. Like there's, there's like pop influences, there's jazz influences, there's like rock, and like pure metal, and like and all of those like juxtapositions of things. I feel like they're enjoyable, and I I quite like the the kind of jazz drum solos on a few of the songs, like the Decade of Statues. Um, and the way that the album kind of holds itself together as like a single 50 minute track is, I think that's musically impressive. Like, I don't think that it, it, it it's, it shouldn't be like seen in that way. The album's also mad. Like it's utterly unhinged. Like ants on the sky ends on like this bluegrass jig. Um, <laughs> and it's like, what is going, what is the hell is happening? Um, and then there's like bits where like on informal gluttony, there's like these like dreamy vocoder vocals that just come from nowhere. And it's like, who is singing? <coughs> who, who's this random band that's appeared? There's bit at the end of Son of Nothing that Fran will hate me for saying this. I thought it sounded like Radiohead. And I read online that actually, like they are hugely influenced by Radiohead. Like they said that like, mm-hmm. they are the band they've always like admired. Um I should try and listen we, to them for a bit do i find the lead singer's performance too much to actively enjoy any of it yes of course <laughs> would i listen to an instrumental version of this album i actually would and i feel like that says a lot when i don't think i managed to get through this more than twice or three times the whole way through um without having to switch it off um but for me it was all just the vocals i actually got mm. quite a lot from the rest of it um and it's it's that it's that sort of thing if, if there's been albums before that have been like this, where I, it's like, I get that. That's, that's how, that's the metal style. And I get, I get, that's why I will never engage with it. But I'm actually, I actually enjoy quite a lot of what they're doing. It's just, because cause I, I say I much prefer the progressive side of something like this. Mm. I would say probably of the three of us, I'd be more likely to listen to like prog rock than either of you. Um, in, in a lot of ways, definitely more than Frank. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like I was kind of left after not being able to listen to it very much, just out of sheer fear of having to listen to it again. <laughs> I, I kind of just didn't get its place as a classic. I don't know if it feels too recent or it feels, it just sort of ended up feeling like it's probably a really good album in its category, but, is it influential is it i didn't really get any of that from it mm. um but yeah i've said a lot about it considering yeah, well i haven't done. listened yeah, to yeah. it very much um
0: well done both of you but yeah, yeah i
1: i you're i think you're 100 right sam i think that's exactly the vocals were the things that just didn't quite work for me
0: the music's fucking um, awful um,
1: but it's as nice. for his context i i got this as a recommendation from a friend and I also saw online, it's often ranked hmm. in the top, top prog metals or metal albums of uh, all time. Um, and it is 17
0: years old now. So
1: I know that, yeah,
0: that should be
1: influential.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's not listen to any of us to see if it's better or worse than them. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's say that's I, the experiment. I'm over.
1: Gonna, I'll have a break from. from I'll, I'll explore metal on my own for a while, and then yeah. come back to you
0: Don't once I to found some
1: more. Okay, well, <laughs> we've covered every all of the, all of the albums now, right? So, um, yes. what did you guys? What did you guys think?
0: Oh, dog shit!
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, I thought I thought you said that.
0: Sprints was great. Leaky was okay. Uh, none of the others were for me, um, but I'm glad that. I mean, I would have listened to Sprints anyway. I was going to say, I'm glad I got to listen to Sprints, but I would have listened to it anyway. So yeah, this playlist did nothing to me. <laughs>
2: to yeah, me. I, I I thought it was better than Fran saying, but I still felt, felt like outside of the Sprints and the Cali album for me, I, it was it was difficult to get through each time, and I wasn't excited mm. to listen to the playlist very much. So...
1: Yeah, um, I I think it's a bit better than both. Both you guys give it credit for, but I especially considering it's a January. Like like like, yeah, like we we actually got albums
2: that. worth talking about in January, yeah. which we usually don't.
0: Yeah, because yeah, we, we might like, picked get it one from the early the early days mm. of Jan. Sprints yeah. was the only one that came out in the first on the first Friday in, in Jan. Really wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. even though January so. has picked up a lot since then, but yeah, um, I suppose we did okay. Yeah. That's yeah, the best I thing
1: did, I can say. We did okay, considering. <laughs> okay. Well, time to talk about the best music on the playlist, which is from the Maccabees. So I I remember the Maccabees coming out when I was in college. Um, I think I was 16, uh, maybe 17. And the buzz around them in my hometown was, just to give you some context, was, akin to the Arctic Monkeys. It was the same kind of era of yeah. um, the Arctic Monkeys debut. And people were sharing files over LimeWire or from <laughs> like USB drives. And so some of those songs, like, uh, I think I included I include Bicycles, that was like one of the early demos and that was being shared around. And, um, there was just so much hype and it did feel very local. And so the, they are, they are all technically from London, but they became big in Brighton. So it, they very much get, got adopted by, by Brighton. And as I lived in a, a suburb of Brighton, and um, that kind of spread out to us. And so my entire, not just my entire friendship group, but it was like everyone at our college was, like playing them all the time, was talking about them all the time. And so then when it came to um, them actually releasing the album, they had a release party at Concorde 2, which is kind of the, mm-hmm. the biggest venue you'd play for like your debut album uh, in Brighton. And it's right on the seafront and literally everyone was going. And I remember uh, arriving, like we went over to the show and there was I think maybe like 10 cars that went from our college Um, and we arrived and at the show, it was just everyone. Like I could look around in any direction I could see someone I knew. And I don't think I've ever been to a show quite like that since or before. Um, it just felt like a very special moment in time. Um, and then. Because of that, and because there was that fervor around the excitement about them as a band, the live show was just crazy. Um, They're a fantastic live band anyway. Um, They had Jack Paniate as the um, support act before anyone really knew who he was. Um, And he was already bought so much energy. And then they came on and they absolutely destroyed the place. Um, The crowd went insane there were people hanging from like the rafters of the venue um people were all over the the stage and the security just gave up um (laughs) i had a friend who got kicked out twice and he would just walk straight back in because the security (laughs) gave up and they ever they had trouble playing back in brighton after that show um because (laughs) because of the like security incident as it were um (laughs) but it it was such a like iconic moment in my friendship group and uh people who were into music in like from my hometown area um it be, it kind of became like that legendary show um and they really they became like the the icons that they were for for the for for us at that point um so that's like the biggest part of them um but obviously it's it's also it's about the music and um, and so i really like i think what grabbed me and i think what grabbed everyone else is you have that kind of whimsy and sunny disposition to all their music um but underneath it there is i i find uh like a humanness and what felt like considering a lot of the indie at the time was very like laddie, there felt like a genuine, like tenderness and vulnerability. Um, and I think that helped them stand out from what was the, the building indie landfill at the time. I think you have examples like precious time, first love and toothpaste kisses, which are all perfect soundtracks for those kind of first forays into love and heartbreak and, they just felt a lot more genuine and real than a lot of the other stuff that was out there at the time. Um, but then, as as their sound progressed, I, I I think you'll see this in the playlist. I didn't put it in chronological order. I tried to juxtapose uh, juxtapose different songs from different eras next to each other um, to try and exemplify how they changed. Because I think their sound grew in a really interesting way. They added uh more atmosphere and made the the tracks sound bigger they added things like horns and other instrumentation but they didn't kind of lose their connection to the indie roots they didn't lose the connection to like these fast-paced guitars Um, it just felt like the music was growing up and it was growing up at exactly the same rate that i was Um, and so you can have a fun like the first two songs on the playlist you have this like fun song about a swimming pool and it's tide machine Um, And then you have the existential crises of growing old in Pelican and you can tell they're the same band and you can tell that there's the same underpinnings underneath it all, but it feels much more adult. And so I I think that's really the trick to them as a band. Normally, I think when you have a, a favorite, you're always drawn back to that debut album. And I, I love the debut album, Color In, with that kind of catchy, fast-paced tracks and that kind of memories of that live show. But these days, the, the tracks I'm most excited to listen to are the kind of the soaring epics that they create in some of their later albums, like um, uh, WW or World War One Portraits and uh, Grew Up at Midnight. Um, and so, yeah, I'd also say they also introduced me to some fantastic bands. So I mentioned Jack Peñate, who supported them on the Color It In tour, but... They also um, uh, had Laura Marling support them before mm. she really hit it big. And I know, uh, Fran, we went to see them in Manchester and they yeah. had Mumford and Sons before yeah. they, they really hit it big. And that was just, Maccabees were amazing. But to have a support act that was just so polished and good um, mm. just makes the, the, the live event so much more special um and so they seem to be really tucked ta- like tapped into whatever music scene they were embedded in at the time um so yeah that is why i lo- i love the Maccabees. i i already know that fran also feels yeah at least somewhat the same way
0: um but do you want me to go first then so yeah i think i ride. think we'll go to france so because
1: yeah. see if i've missed anything yeah then,
0: well uh, i mean I'll start by saying and and you know let's bring some positivity back uh, for the shit sandwich that this playlist was um, but yeah this Matt this is the best playlist you've done for a while of by by quite a long way um, that said it is the first time that someone has done a while of about an artist or band that were also on my shortlist for this section so it's probably yeah. no surprise that I feel that way um, even with you know Block Party who you did relatively recently and I did really love, I don't know if I'd have got to the point of writing, doing a why I love about them because I didn't have quite the same connection as I did with the Maccabees. Um, so yeah, I, you did get pretty close to nailing this list. Um, you started and ended with the same songs I would have chosen for those slots. You had to end with Two toothpaste kisses um, yeah. that, you know, that had to be the final song. Uh, and you know, the other thing I'll say is I hadn't spent much time with the marks to prove it um, album because I just think I'd kind of grown away from them a little bit at that point and was listening to different stuff. Um, but the songs you chose from it were really good and made me think I need to listen to it a bit more. Um, it's a great album. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, like I said, the, the title track and is it the World War, what's it called, yeah. World War something? Yeah, that was good as well. World War um, One Portraits. Yeah. I mean, the one big miss from the playlist for me uh, was About Your Dress, uh, mm. which is probably my favorite track by them. But I also appreciate that I don't think I'd have been able to narrow down the tracks from that album. Um, there's so many tracks, All In Your Rows could have been, you know, there's a lot of tracks from yeah. that debut that could have made it. Um, but yeah, I need to try and not turn this into my own why I love section. I'll just say that I, I liked this band so much for a while that I changed my mind about not going on a date with a girl because I saw on a Facebook page that she was a fan, but that was in 2008. <laughs> so please don't judge me for that. Um, but yeah, I think I guess, they started, yeah, yeah it, it, it didn't work out, but you know, but yeah, I think they, they started with such a fun album that was so full of personality with a mix of styles and the songs are just so infectious on that first album, but I, what Matt says is, is totally true about, I didn't see the sound of the second album coming from them and there's, just, I think you had Love You Better on your playlist and you're just yeah. that sort of, you know, the, grandiosity of, of those tracks and, and also no kind words, which is, is one of my favorites, but it's, it's not as grand as that, but it's still, it's still a step forward for them. I just think they were a really intriguing mix of like cheeky chappy indie that was around a lot, but like, like you said, really thoughtful, really lyrically intelligent as well. And, and yeah, I do, I do think they were, they were one of the bands that me and you really did bond over as well, man. I remember dancing with you to no kind words in moho and fifth up many, many times. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah, great band great band for a host of reasons. I, I do I do miss them. It's a shame they're not about anymore. And it's been really, I've really enjoyed listening to, to this over the last month because I think songs like Pelican and stuff, I'd kind, of, I'd kind of largely forgotten. Probably I'd just listen to Colour It In if I listen to the Maccabees these days. So it was good to to really delve in. So yeah, happy days. And I'm, thank nice. God there was something I liked on the end of this playlist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what about Sal, so, I suppose?
1: Yeah, what do you reckon after you didn't have much exposure right so uh, i'm curious I, what
2: you think so one of one of my notes i've written down is i tried to remember any song here that i might have heard before but i couldn't i if any of these were like big and everywhere i i cannot remember them i i've not heard any of these songs before well. um I, I hearing what both of you've just said has been really really good and i don't want to end the podcast on a downer <laughs> But I mean, this, maybe this is like the hottest take I've ever had on this podcast, but I, I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Genuinely, (laughs) I, I I just got nothing from this. I I don't understand how these songs would be held up to any of this standard that you're talking about. I, I don't, I feel like I've listened to the wrong music. I don't, I, a lot of it kind of sounds the same, doesn't it? I, to me it, it it did and i i just didn't i i didn't get it i, I think the performances are good but I, I i never got anything really more than that um i liked the kind of dreamier sound on what felt like the later albums but yeah I, I just i just i got nothing like bold or exciting or anything in this music it just sounds like every band that i ever avoided in that era <laughs> and i don't yeah, I just don't get it. And I, what well, I went into the block party playlist, not feeling this uh, as strongly as that, like uh, before I'd gone in. But I thought I kind of had a view of them, and I left feeling like I finally like understood the band. And I was hoping I would get out here, but I, I just, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be getting from this. This, it, it's just, it's just fine indie pop, isn't it? I, I don't get. I think i think i had to be there and that sounds mm. like that's part of it yeah But i i just feel like musically it, I, this isn't this isn't stuff i would actively go back to so I, I just don't get it and maybe i am clearly the the one who's wrong here but maybe yeah you should I have just, ended with me i, I know yeah. i was gonna say
1: but, <laughs> i'm just sorry you missed out on all the fun in 2008 and 2007
2: like you said, people were in like the rafters, doing what? Yeah. This is hanging it's, it's off, just like nice and jolly. Like it, I don't know it. It's I,
0: I don't know. It's I not, thought there'd be a couple of bits of it. I, I I I did think that you might, and I understand actually. I think a lot of people listen to them now for the first time. I did a blind taste test on the website for one of the other writers where we sort of send an album to them and, and the reaction was not quite as down on it but it's but similar but i did think one thing that made me think you'd like some of it sam is that tracks like pelican and a few others um i think really influenced the foals um and i know you like the foals so i kind of i it's, thought you'd get so some dynamic. of those tracks would get you but
2: dynamic and exciting and so much energy i just got not none of that here i i don't know I've i think i've just missed it entirely um yeah i'm i yeah sorry matt i, was, I, no, know, it's I okay, it's okay.
1: No, i'm surprised no. you're not saying they don't have you're saying they don't have energy or dynamism because <laughs> yeah. that's that is their whole vibe that's what they are <laughs> um but hey if it doesn't click it doesn't click that's mm-hmm. that's the way it goes
0: it's fine now you've you've had plenty of drubbins from us sam for your while love, so you're, you're allowed to return yeah favor. Yeah. yeah
2: sorry yeah. cool
1: Anyway, that was the <laughs> Maccabees and that was our full playlist. And that was the picky bastards. Did you
2: say
0: was um, it about 32% positive that episode?
1: Yeah, resistance? I think 38%? all things considered were about average,
0: yeah.
1: okay. <laughs> which is fine. Um, and so for next time out, episode 73, um, we will have uh best of, which I'll get to be mean about
2: from uh Sam. So what have you picked? <laughs> um for my classic, I've picked Shaka Khan, What You Gonna Do For Me? And I am gonna be saying why I love Bjork.
0: Which I don't think you'll be mean about, Matt. It's no, funny. I
2: think I'm <laughs> gonna be quite excited about. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, we'll see. But i will be surprised. Yeah,
1: and new albums then? What do you pick for? Her?
0: I have gone with Madra by New Dad and Angry Black Men with The Legend of ABM. Cool.
1: Um, and then uh, I picked uh, the new Future Islands album, which is People Who Aren't There Anymore, and Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes with Dark Rainbow. So yeah, listen next time, listen to those albums um, and you can see see what we think. Um, and if you want to hear more of us, or at least read more of us <laughs> moaning about uh, artists, you guys should go to uh, piggybees.com. Uh, until next time.
0: Bye for listening.